I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, my name is Jane. My name's Kat. And this is Made You Look, a podcast where we make each other watch episodes of our favourite TV shows and try to work out why we love the things we love. So we just finished season six of our podcast, uh, Hindsight, where we were having a look back at some other shows before. And so we'd like to maybe switch things up a little bit in our bonus episodes in between um, seasons. Yes, that's right. We just like to do something a little bit different. Uh, we change up the format. We're a bit loosier, goosier with it. So, you know. Maybe won't talk as long. We'll see how we go. Yeah. I suspect this might be a shorter episode because we're not going to do our recap like we normally do. Yes. Uh, and also one of our rules is almost never giving the pilot episode because we often believe that the pilot episode is too much exposition, too much introduction of characters, and it's a bit boring and you've got to really get into it before you actually start liking the show and finding what you really love about it and what you're passionate about. And uh, in these next two episodes, we will be talking about pilots. We absolutely will be. So what we're doing is we're going to do a little bit of a look at – when a series comes back to life mm. uh, after, you know, being cancelled many years in the past, you can it often comes back either as a reboot mm-hmm. or as a return. And there's some other little kind of um, loose comparisons in the middle there. Like there's a, a rehash or a re-something or, a, you know. It's also referred to as a revival. Or in a this revival, one. whatever it may be. It's only our words. Exactly. So today's episode, we are going to be talking about the return or the revival of a series that was cancelled a few years ago. And that series is... Veronica Mars. of the song i mean i like it i had already heard it before oh, it came out what was it, was it, it, it was, was like, released they did like a little spot with it oh that's um, cute which it was really cute actually you should watch it it's like a little um scene with veronica and rob thomas um where he's like trying to woo her back into doing more oh. and the way he does that is by playing her the new theme song it's really cute <laughs> anyway um yes yeah, so veronica mars yes uh that is a show that we've both loved a lot uh we have done it before in the podcast did we talk about the movie Oh, no, we talked about, this was back when we were doing oh, our, like, like favorite favorites. our favorite, favorite TV yes. shows that we both love. So we, we did a whole episode on Veronica Mars. Yeah. That was an interesting one because we we started it and then we lost 20 minutes of that episode. And oh, then yeah. And we had to start it again and repeat what we were saying. <laughs> so um, That's how podcasts happen sometimes. Exactly. But that was a little while ago. So this is, we're going to come at it with a fresh perspective because mm-hmm. there are fresh new episodes. I know. So for those of you who don't know, Veronica Mars is a team noir mystery uh and it was or at uh, least it was oh yes 
it definitely was. Uh, and it was uh, created by Rob Thomas. And uh, we love Rob Thomas. It was uh, originally on the WB network and then it moved to, oh no, was it just on the CW? Uh, I can't it was one season. One season on the WB. One season on the WB network before that changed over to the successor of the CW network. Uh, and it lasted uh, three seasons from 2007 to 2010, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it actually. No, that's wrong. That's wrong? That's definitely wrong. I definitely watched it before 2007. 2004. Yes. That's so wrong. 2004 yes. to 2007. That's right. I was like, <laughs> because in, in 2005, that's when I started watching it. I remember very specifically when I started watching the show. Yeah, yeah. And so the thing is, I remember I wasn't allowed to watch the show because it was on too late at night. Yeah. Um, did it air late uh, in Western Australia as well? I did not watch it on television. Oh, DVD. Uh, well, yeah, let's call it DVD, shall we? <laughs> uh, no, so I started watching this show. Uh, my sister was watching it. And I was on a visit to visit, no. So I was traveling to Adelaide for a dance competition. Mm -hmm. So I went via, my mum and I went via Perth and stayed with my sister overnight. Yeah. And on that one night, she made me watch like the first eight episodes in a row because she was like, you will love this show. And season one starts out a little slow. It takes kind of a good six or seven episodes to get into it. Mm -hmm. And then I watched like the the one that kind of starts being really good. And then I had to go to bed to go to Adelaide. (laughs) We were flying the next morning. So, um... Yeah, that was in 2005. I remember that. that my brother, who was still living at home at the time, I think he was in year 12, he's about six years older than me, and uh, he saw it late at night and he's like, Kurt won't be allowed to watch this. I need to record this for him on VHS Aww. and get him to watch an episode Bless. of the show. I'd only seen a couple because uh, he was in, I think it was HSC or something around his his major exams, uh, so he wasn't allowed to watch too much television. But um, what I found more entertaining is that I um, – I actually watched it in an order that you would have hated because I saw I bought the DVD of season three first because I thought I'd seen most of season one and season two. And so I got to know certain love interests in season three a certain way before seeing them in a different way in their character growth and development. I did, which will probably be why we talk about a few things we talk about today. Possibly, although I wasn't really planning on delving into that oh, too that, much, that, mm, to be honest. Yes. Uh, we had a, if you want to go back and listen to us talk about the many loves of Veronica Mars. You can go back to our last episode because we discussed it extensively. Uh, we also mentioned it offhand uh, when we were looking forward to the release of this show uh, during our uh, You're the Worst episode. That's right. Uh, That's and... right. And I stopped it before we went too much further because I know how heated we get when it comes up. But what was uh, interesting about uh, when the show was uh, cancelled, there was originally, you know, a uh, pitch for season four. Uh, the show changed. Uh, so from the seasons one and two, the show changed from high school to a uh, college setting mm-hmm. um, and it didn't seem to favor too well among some fans and didn't get enough ratings uh, that they wanted moving into season four. Yeah. Uh, and so while the pitch is a fun DVD extra where Veronica Mars is in the FBI, um, it was uh, never picked up. That's right. Um, what happened though uh, after that is, uh, you know, Rob Thomas was always interested in doing a film and all the character, all the actors were all very interested in it. Uh, you know, so if you're not aware of the people who were in it, you've got Kristen Bell, Percy Diggs the third. Dags. It is a dag. Sorry, I can't read this text. It's way too small. I need to remember to magnify my text before we start recording. Um, and he was even in talks with DC Comics uh, about doing a comic run for Veronica Mars. Nothing ever really happened out of that, though. But he did, uh, was it two young adult novels? Uh, the movies came first. 
The movie came the movie first. Came first. <gasps> the movie came first. The Kickstarter movie, uh, where all the fans like pulled in money and resources for them to actually be able to make a movie, which was a complete fan service. Um, but I think that's completely fair. It was not meant to be for other people because the fans were paying for it literally. And um, that was a fun element of that. It completely changed uh, the direction of the character and the storyline of the show of her not actually going to the FBI, maybe becoming a lawyer, dealing with a different thing, coming back to Neptune. It was, it was a fun time. It was it, a fun time. It wasn't an amazing plot. I don't hate the, f- I don't dislike the film. There's a lot there to love. I do agree. It's a lot of fan service, but at the same time, I think they did the best that they could while also knowing that they were there to service the fans. Yeah. Like, I think that they, I think it's a still a strong story. I think we're biased about it though. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. I need to give it another watch. You, you've seen it more than I I've have. I've seen it more. And I, every time I watch it, I, 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 I'm more than willing to find the faults in it, but mm. also I don't think it's quite as like blech as a lot of people think it is. Yeah. Like a lot of people have kind of come around to it afterwards and gone like, it was fun, but exactly what you're saying. It was fun, but all fan service. Mm-hmm. I think there's more to it than that. And I mean, it did. And have... you might feel that way. Cause you hate Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, probably that's a, probably a big reason why I do feel that way. I I'm, I'm probably being affected by my emotions in this capacity. Possibly. Uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, it was very exciting, uh, when Hulu officially announced uh, season four of Veronica Mars coming back this year in 2019. That's right. Um, and, uh, it was not meant to be, uh, released until July 27 and it was actually released uh one week early after the series appearance at San Diego Comic-Con they were probably caught wind of a leak I think yeah or like you know they showed it to a bunch of people like the fans who are here just got to see I think they saw the whole thing it's a series' appearance, so I'm not sure if it was just the first episode. The whole thing would be a lot, they I guess, could, They couldn't play the whole thing. They <laughs> might have played the first episode and then were like, you know what, we might as well just release the whole thing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'd, but, I'd be um, curious to know why they decided to do that. That's as much information I could find about it. Uh, but I just remember, uh, like, uh, Jade and I were just hanging out, and then she's like, it's out. Did you know it's out? And I'm like, <laughs> what? It's out? It was very exciting. It was like immediately we're like, oh, don't you have to go somewhere? No, I can go later. I can go later. I can, I can be fashionably late at that party. Let's yeah. watch Veronica Mars right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's uh, a little bit about it. If you're uh, not aware of the um, the show, I really recommend you just maybe don't listen to this episode and go watch some Veronica Mars. Yeah, this is the same thing we said last time is, you know, don't you don't need to listen to this. It's more important that you go watch the show. Because this is Start a to finish. very good show. Um, Beginning with season one. Yes, yes, you should three. definitely. But you need to push through the first episode because I think this, the, the first episode of Veronica Mars is very heavy on the flashbacks and it's very heavy with the exposition in terms of setting up a complex it is. backstory. I also think that the first episode is better if you get to see the full version rather than the short version. Right. How would people do that? Um, good question. Cause it, is it on the DVD? It was on the DVD. Ah, uh, okay, right. On the DVD, you can see either the full version or the short version, I think. What were some changes about that? Uh, it's about 20 minutes extra footage missing. So the whole there's a whole opening sequence where Veronica does her, like, really, really noir voiceover where yep. she's, like, at the Camelot taking, you know, pictures, and then they kind of do a flashback to a couple, day, a couple days earlier, which I know is a bit of a, a lame cliche to do that, but it just, like gives you the right feel of the show yeah. straight off the bat, whereas the um, the short version starts off with 
the words are literally like, this is my school, Neptune, blah, 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 blah. Like, it just sounds like another teen drama. Yeah, exactly. It's wrong. It doesn't quite work. There's a couple other bits missing. There's the whole, like, what happened to her at the Shelley Pomeroy's party, which mm-hmm. is in the long extended version. Mm-hmm. It's explained then rather than not coming. Oh, later in the season. Into, later in the season, whereas in the short version, that's not in there. Mm. So there's a lot of little bits and pieces that I'm missing. If you find yourself only with access to the uh, uncut version, um, the cut version uh, of the first episode, please push through the second episode because this sounds like a cliche show that would be like a high school detective who's an assistant to her dad as a PI. But it's so good. It's so it's, it's really smart. It's clever. It's tight. The um, writing is just. It's like it's devastating when it needs to be. It's funny when it needs to be. It strikes really good balance. The dark themes in this show and so humorous that it can be is so entertaining. Yeah, it's and really I well balanced. Always thought the Kristen Bell. I'm like, you've landed your best role now. Absolutely, <laughs> she's so perfectly cast for it, and she will never not be Veronica Mars to me. Mm-hmm. But anyway, on with um. On with everything else. So perhaps what we'll do here is Kurt's going to give a little bit of context in terms of what the concept, we've kind of just talked a little bit about the overall concept and maybe perhaps where the movie left off. Mm -hmm. I will give a really, really, really brief rundown of what happens in the pilot. I've only, sorry, not the pilot. The first episode of. of, It almost is a pilot though. Yeah, the first episode of the revival. Mm -hmm. Um, I have not seen any further. Kurt has. Oh yeah, all of it. I I would like, after watching it again last night, I did want to keep going, but I held myself (laughs) back uh, so that Basically, in this episode, we can um, come at it kind of from a similar place than we normally do of one person knows everything and one person doesn't, and I can give my perspective based on the first episode. Um, but, yeah, we're not going to do a whole, whole full recap this time. Yes. So can, so now that we know what the concept was, which was uh, Veronica was kind of a teen PI in high school, she was solving multiple mysteries, mm-hmm, um, and then uh, in the third season she left. Yes. Uh, at the end of the third season she decided to leave Neptune, which is the town, and in the movie. I think I'll let Jane take this one because <laughs> I've only seen the movie once and she's seen it more than that. I've only seen it once. Yeah. So the, the plot of the film is Veronica has left Neptune and kind of left behind this whole world that she had there, and now now is living in New York, uh, about to get her dream job in a law firm. What? Dream job? In in the jo- in her life. In, her, in at, that in life. In her current life, yes. That was her dream job. <laughs> um, and she gets a call from Logan saying, come back home, please help me. I've been, I'm being charged with murder. So she returns home. And then she, and it also happens to be the 10 year reunion because <laughs> fan service. Yeah. Um, and she goes about solving the mystery of who actually murdered Logan's girlfriend. And it turns out to be, you know, quite a big mystery and some other people die and she falls back in love with Logan and, and leaves Piz behind her college boyfriend. Well, he was her college boyfriend and then they weren't boyfriend and girlfriend and then they reconnected and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, she decides that she'd rather stay in Neptune with Logan than Piers and decides that she basically, that the town kind of needs her and she needs a town and this is who she is naturally and she's been running away from this part of her life for so long and she wants to come back and... Um, and help the town. Which is like, my gosh, bear your cross. It's, it was very, it was very disheartening to me at the end of the movie. I think I just really wanted her to not be brought back into Neptune. We have talked about this immediately after watching the movie quite a bit. Because I was all about it. I'm like, yes, this is perfect because it doesn't matter, like, doesn't matter where you go or what happens. You're always who you were. 
that's a horrible notion that it's, the no, people but don't change. But it's not like she can't change. It's just that this is so inherent to her being and she's been running away from it and she can still grow and change and be a different person. But this part of her is her. Yeah. And I don't like that, but I do understand that. It's mm-hmm. just not a, a route, a route, a route, route or route, route. Either word is fine. Um, that uh, shows normally take towards the end or especially movies in terms of, uh, I, I do like happy endings, but I also, I do like flawed endings, but this to me felt so depressing. No, I loved it. Um, but I also it, love that they were definitely setting it up for more stories. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And which they, um, did get, um, the two books that follow up after that point. Yes. Which I really loved. And I'm going to talk a little bit about them in this. I'm actually going to read a passage from one of them. Oh, good. Um, as it relates to the first episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> just a little bit. Just like a little hint that I was like, ooh. Anyway, we'll talk about it. All right. So I'll let Jane take it away with a very, very brief uh, recap of the pilot. Yes. So Sorry, first episode of Revival. Yes. Um, so basically the, the Revival brings us... Um, Veronica has been back in town for about two or three years and she is struggling with her father to continue to run the PI business, despite the fact that the town is currently undergoing a lot of gentrification kind of um, processes. So, you know, a lot of the poorer people are being run out of town and just generally they're struggling to keep their business afloat. Um, And in this episode, her uh, Logan returns from the army and he offers to marry her, which she is just like flat out. No, she refuses to get married at all, which causes obviously some tension. Very fair response though. They've both had terrible evidence of marriage in their own parents. Yeah. Don't worry about it. We'll talk about it. And, and then the episode kind of, concludes with the bombing of a, of the motel, the Sea Sprite Motel, which is uh, kind of a spring break destination. This whole uh, series is set during spring break, which is also the setting of one of the novels as well. Ah. Um, and, yeah, so the bombing of the Sea Sprite Motel, and it's kind of setting up the mystery for the rest of the season of, well, well it seemed to me that that was going to be the mystery of the season of who bombed the motel and um, what does this have to do with you know, the, the goings on in the town. And I can imagine something that, uh, definitely drove you to want to watch the second episode is, uh, one, she says the word bombings in the opening and well, at the she end. Says, she said it started with something and with the, I didn't notice it was bombings, but I did notice that it, she was like, it started with that. So I'm like, okay, so there's a lot more to come. It was a plural. Yeah. Um, and, uh, because I rewatched it with Paul, um, and, uh, my mate and, uh, I was just like, okay, now we're going straight to the second episode. Yes. I need to go somewhere else, but I like, come on. Yeah. Um, because actually, uh, I re I introduced, uh, the series to my good friend, Paul, uh, after the, one of the worst hangovers of my life, uh, uh, in an, after a new year's Eve party where I met him and I lost contact with everything. You were there. You weren't there. You was weren't there. Was it the day there. that you were meant yes. to meet me and yes. you didn't? Oh my God, guys, I was, I've don't, I've definitely been angrier with you, but I was so angry because I had traveled to Sydney a day early in order to meet with you because we were going to have an important business meeting discussion yeah. and we were supposed to catch up and I was just like wandering around Pitch Street and you weren't answering your phone and I was so mad and so I went to go see Frozen. <laughs> I didn't realize you went so frozen. Yeah, because I was like, well, I can't, I can't get hold of you. It was like two p.m. You still weren't answering your phone. Yeah. So I was like, well, I guess I'll go to the movies. What's on? Oh, look, Frozen. So I sat in the cinema with like lots of children and watched Frozen. 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> that little dent in our friendship aside, I um, definitely, uh, I saw, I was at this person's house who I barely knew and they're like, yeah, no, you were really wasted. You were taking off your clothes. We just needed to like get you out of that party and like put you here. <laughs> there was an inflatable jacuzzi and other people were taking off their clothes too. It wasn't just me. Anyway, uh, he's like, I'm like, you've got all the seasons of Veronica Mars here. And he's like, yeah, but I never really watched them. My mum bought them. I was like, you haven't seen them? And immediately he and his ex-boyfriend uh, or boyfriend at the time, I just like sat them down and was like, let's eat pizza and watch all of Veronica Mars. And Perfect. so it's really fun to uh, come back to season four with the person that I met, basically introducing him to <laughs> Veronica Mars, very hungover. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... Given that recap, I kind of, I think the way that we'd like to talk about this is kind of discuss the way that a, a, a revival or a return of a series gives the opportunity for a TV show to put old characters who we already know and love into new situations or into kind of situations that match where they would be in their life right now. Mm. Um, and I think it's it's interesting to note what that can do for a character or for the setting or that kind of thing. Um, should I just start going through my talking points and you can jump in? As, or yeah. Do you have anything else to say before we jump into Yeah, that? no, 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 no. It, I mean, like, it, it's just interesting to see, like, you know, with the recreation of um, a show, we're not talking about necessarily, you know, a full reboot, uh, the recreation of the characters and, you know, how people try to recreate themselves so many times throughout their lives when a show doesn't really do this. I, We'll talk about examples later on. Um, but uh, I really enjoy the fact that this show is, is, is trying to recreate itself in a new setting. Kind of like... Mm. I think recreate isn't quite the right word. Yeah. Um, just because that indicates to me like something brand new. Yeah, but that's um, the thing. I, I'm trying to refer to it as like, you know, when you try to recreate yourself... Like reinvent. Yes, yes, I suppose. Of, yes, that, um, that's a much better term for it. I don't know that any of these characters are reinvented though, and that's kind of what I want to talk about. Okay. So I think it I think what we see rather than seeing characters reinvent themselves for their new situation it's more like watching them react to new situations based on who we already know that they are. Mm -hmm. So in in this and I think that kind of I think you're right in terms of it is making it more real to life in terms of we as people have very changing circumstances in our entire lives things you know, go to plan or don't go to plan. We move countries, we move cities. But we also fall back to bad habits. Well, we also fall back to bad habits. So I think in a way what we get to see when we do a revival or a return like this is see characters fall, like what parts of their personalities are so physically ingrained in them that they are held through these long time periods and what gets to be put away. Mm. And so that's like an interesting juxtaposition in this show is the difference between Veronica and Logan. Mm. Logan, who has clearly really evolved as a character. He's, you know, he, when we first started in the original series, he was literally known as the psychotic jackass mm -hmm. and he was, he was very damaged. He was literally psychotic at times. He had a lot more in common with Dick than he does now. Well, yeah. Is Dick in this? No, Dick isn't. Dick, 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 Dick is in this. He's just not in this episode. Oh, good. No, I knew yeah. he wasn't in this episode. I wasn't too sure if he was going to appear later on. Yeah, yeah, no, no. He, he's, he's, he's probably like in like six out of the eight episodes. Yeah, he was definitely. He was just like a very 
kind of wayward rich boy mm-hmm. didn't have much going for him um and and was a wild at heart and uh, you got some understanding into his past uh, yeah. you know, his upbringing and things like that which definitely plays into how he acted and uh was like in high school especially towards veronica mm. but I, I he has really yes evolved is definitely the term he yeah. is the big beautiful butterfly and gorgeous little tiny blue trunks absolutely he's i mean he still looks beautiful oh my gosh it was very i was when i was watching this with paul i was just like he's daniel craiging he's daniel craiging out of the bloody ocean right now i don't really know what you mean by that but okay, okay so it's a it's a very famous shot of when james bond came back after pierce brosnan with daniel craig and he walks out of the ocean it's kind of like a, a reversal on the original james bond where the woman walks out of the ocean oh, in a little tiny white bikini okay. honey and she's all like looking sexy but then in the movie it's daniel craig in little tiny blue swimming trunks coming out of the ocean looking all sexy i see um and uh it it was definitely there was the same color trunks uh it's definitely a nod to that and yeah, right. uh, i do love however uh i didn't expect their brains definitely do work with each other very well logan and veronica and that first interaction where you really get to see them again mm-hmm. uh almost sold me on this bloody relationship that I didn't believe in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's interesting to show that although Logan has evolved into a much more mature person um, who's ready to commit to a relationship, who's able to, he's responsible, he's in the armed forces and he's, you know, able to keep the secret of where he's been all this time, that kind of thing. And and Veronica is, is somebody who perhaps... Um, tried to evolve but has returned to her roots and hasn't quite managed to get over all of this baggage. But at the same time, we still see that they're still, in many ways, a good couple. Mm. They're still, like... There's still a lot of chemistry. We'd hope so after this amount of time together. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's good to see that old spark. Yes. It's, it's that kind of witty banter stuff that we have always loved about them. It's still there. We love it. Um, but clearly the circumstances are different. They're mm. older. They're, you know, they'd be 35-ish now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think. Not sure what it's that. Ish. Um, I, I get confused because I thought that they were kind of around my age, but then the movie came out in 2014 when that wouldn't have been their 10-year high school reunion. 12 years after the series finale. Mm. So that's what, 19 plus 12? And five years after the movie. It says 12 years. Well, then why, what, what high school reunion was it? It couldn't have been their 10th. That math does not add up. No, it doesn't. Was there a joke in the movie about it not actually being their 10 year reunion? I don't remember there being a joke about it, but it couldn't, it could not have been. That's just what, that's just what Wikipedia's telling me. Which is why I was confused (laughs) because I was like, no, Veronica was like around my age, like theoretically. Oh, when the movie came out. No, like in, in the original series, she was like. You know, oh, right. it came out in 2015. Yeah. Uh, 2005, sorry. I was 15. She was like 16. Mm. So in 2014, it couldn't have been their 10-year high school reunion because my 10-year high school reunion wasn't until two years ago. And I missed it. I don't know. I didn't go. Um, Mine's next year. You're not three years younger than me. No. So yours must have been last year. No, I graduated in 2007. Oh, I graduated in 2010. Did you? No. Yes. Yes, I did. Huh. Oh, that's right. Because you're two years, but three grades, school years, because of kindergarten, because of Young. random okay. age age cutoffs <laughs> in different states. Um. Anyway, my point being that 
the ages don't add up. So she, they're around 30, yeah. basically, yeah. Oh, yeah. is what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're around 30 years old. They're clearly, you know, in different places in their lives. And and I think that what, what we see is Veronica struggling to move forward past her fears, at, like that stuff that's really firmly ingrained in her very being. Do you think that the town is toxic? I've got a whole section about that. <laughs> okay. Don't you worry. Okay. I'm not there yet, but yes. Um, well, let's continue on with the uh, characters in, in new situations. Yes. Uh, I, I really am loving and hating what we're seeing Keith go through, her father, Aww. because he's at this point now where his daughter is the man in charge, essentially. Yeah. His daughter is the person who's really heading the Mars investigations office. And he's, you know, he's got a cane. He's having trouble with his memory. He's taking low paying jobs, but just to help people out, but struggling to do his job. He's still, he's still got the connections. His brain is still like switching on in terms of like picking up clues and things like that. And still giving amazing sassy little jabs at his daughter. And it was fantastic when she was like, when she said something, I think she said Jomo. And I was like, what is this? What is this? And she's like, she's purposely saying made up millennial words just to make him feel even older. Was that really what it was? Okay. I'm going to double check. Because that wasn't what the joke was throughout the rest of it. She was saying real millennial words. Oh, joy of missing out. Oh. That means you enjoy missing out. Oh, I like that. I'm all <laughs> the about, opposite of FOMO. I'm all about the JOMO. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's interesting to see the way, like, it kind of plays into this kind of intergenerational, um, not quite conflict because they, they're not conflicted about it, mm. but it's just it is kind of interesting to see the idea that, Keith is going to have to slow down because he's not a spring chicken anymore. And I mean, he had that accident a couple of years ago that nearly killed him. Yeah. So, you know, he's clearly still suffering the ramifications from that. And, and it's interesting to see that dynamic really shift from what we saw in the, in the initial season, which was Keith was running the lion's share of the business and Veronica was doing those little low paying jobs on the side kind of for herself yeah, and for what just, she believed in. Yeah. And now it's kind of exactly the opposite. She's taking all the high paying jobs and doing all the legwork and he's the one who's kind of, you know, just just doing what he can. Yeah, for the local people. For the local people or for what like like what he believes in. Yeah. Um and, but I do think that Veronica is trying not to let that dynamic shift show. Yes. She's still holding on to the relationship that her and her father have. And she looks up to him so much, which mm. is so wonderful. Um, but, uh, it's, it's really lovely to just, because honestly that relationship out of all of it, the father daughter dynamic of Veronica Mars is 100% the reason why I love the show. I like, it's not the only I was reason. Gonna say, it's, 100%. 100%. it's like 62% why it's I like a the really show. important factor. It's yeah. so, it's so integral to the show and what we all loved about it. Mm. It's just that, um, to show this completely unconditional love between the two of them and, and how they support each other in different ways through all the little traumas that they went through, mm. poor little family. <laughs> but but I, I do enjoy the fact that even though it's confronting, uh, the show isn't as light as it used to be. It, the show was never really light, I suppose. It's a very different tone. I yeah. mean, it's no longer a teen drama, so mm. they've sort of taken out all of that 
I mean, light's a pretty close word. It's it's kind of the the less serious plot lines that used to complement the serious stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's what it used to be. Yeah. You know, you'd have the the long season, long running season mystery, the Lily Kane or the um the bus Bus crash that kind of thing or the um uh, college rapist yes or the the three of them that happened in season three because they split it into three that's right there were three long ones but then that would be complemented by these kind of shorter generally more light-hearted stories of the week yeah it seems to me that we're really pulling away from that format which is understandable because that's not necessarily the format that works we've talked a little bit you and i about how a binge format is different to an episode of the week format. Mm-hmm. This is clearly a binge format. It all came out at once. You're yep. supposed to watch it all together. Um, I would like to watch it all together. <laughs> I'm going to go home and watch it after this. Um, but, you know, it's it's very different to when you're watching it week to week and you need those little weekly stories to wrap up and give you the episodic catharsis within each episode. Yes, yes. And that's, and that's why they tended to be lighter mm-hmm. is because you can't get that deep in 40 minutes. So I think it's a definitely, definitely an interesting tonal change and also just the idea that they're not in high school anymore. So the yeah. problems are going to be more important. And I do like that the ages of everyone is, is really evident and it's good to, <laughs> they're evident, but the fact that, you know, Wallace is now, have you seen Wallace? Yes, yes, he's a dad. Uh, yes, he's a dad. It's so cute, and um, of course, because that was right up to the proposal yes. moment. And <laughs> she's seeing like with a baby. It's like, oh dear. Um, but I um, and it, you know, having a character of uh, Keith's age in the show, it doesn't have to be you know a sexy, everyone's hot and making out kind of show. Like that's never what the show is going to be. Um, in the uh, and that's never what it ever really tried to be. It just had a few of those elements thrown in there because it's a high school. Yeah, I mean, it used to be setting. a CW show, so there had to be a certain <laughs> amount of hot people making out. But I think and that a that's, cameo from Paris Hilton and a cameo from Paris Hilton or other, you know, various famous people. I think, think they definitely have stepped away from that because, mm-hmm. and that's also got to do with, like I say, the idea that they're not with the CW anymore. That was sort of a very important branding part of what the show was. Mm-hmm. Um, being on Hulu now, they have the free the freedom to kind of do whatever they like, and I think that they've definitely taken that freedom and gone, well, Veronica's 30, let's have her be 30, and let's have these stories be darker and more, more adult intense, and complex. more adult and more complex. I don't think they needed to go so far as to show us, like, the, the sex scene, but that's fine. That's just me. Oh, I'm fine with it. It was very, it was very, when Paul and I were like analyzing the scene, we're like, oh, wow, the, the way they've shot this to keep nipples out of shot or to do this, it's, it's very crafty work. I'm sure it is. I'm just kind of like, it always bugs me when they do that because I'm like, are, are you just doing that because you can? Because you're on an adult network now and you're just like, well, we can show them having sex, so let's show them having sex. Well, the thing is, doesn't that mean they could also swear? Sometimes, but they do swear. They say they say shit. They just aren't saying the f word. Yeah, I do love the little running. It's literally joke. the first line of the series is Veronica goes, "Well, shit." <laughs> That's right. And then, uh, but I do appreciate it does continue throughout the in- entire season. Great. The uh, the little bet that uh, Keith has with his daughter is so, like, I didn't think she could last twenty minutes without cussing, and uh, that was three months ago. <laughs> yeah. And they're still saying mother cusser and things like that, which is a really fun way of like bringing down the. Um, the amount of language uh, that is like it, it evident in a show. So I was surprised that um, uh, they weren't, you know, just going to drop an F bomb every once in a while um, mm. in there. Mm. But half a sex scene. Half a sex scene. Yeah, I don't know. I just was kind of like, I just felt like it was a little bit gratuitous because we can. 
that was my only. I don't mind it. I didn't mind it was there. Just... It was still very brief. This wasn't a long sex no, scene. No, there weren't I any know. boobs no, or like pubic hair. I think it's just one of those awkward things where I'm like, oh, you were like <laughs> 16 in the old show. They're not and 16 now. I know, I know. But in my brain, I still think of them as like <laughs> being something that I watched when I was young. It's, oh, I fully yeah. admit it's my own hangout. Okay, it's fine. okay. It's fine. Moving past that. Moving past that. A couple other little um, Veronica character things that I want to talk about before. Um, we talk about Neptune mm-hmm. and um, and this other idea that I'm going to read from the book about, about oh, yes. the girl. Um, is is at one point quite early in the episode, she says after she's helped out the wife mm-hmm. um, to get even on her husband, yeah, yeah, she opening. literally says the words, we got mad, we got even. <laughs> Do you remember that from the original series? Wait, when did they say that in the original? She says it to her father in terms she of how she it, got all the money. Exactly. So that is actually a line that she used to say, that she said to Meg in season one during the um, online virginity test oh, thing. Oh, yeah. When Meg was being teased, yeah, yeah, she yeah. says, you know, you got mad. Like when Meg is, says, how do you deal with this every day? She goes, she said, you get mad and you get even. Mm. And then she helps her to get mad and and then Meg decides not to get even. That's and, right. And yeah. she even says to her at the end of that episode, she want to be you like, know, I needed the advice to get mad that helped me get past this, but maybe you should rethink the getting even part. <laughs> wow. And wow. so that was something that happened in season one. And yeah. I really like that we revisited that here and that we see, and we saw Veronica go through all of these phases in the original series of, you know, sometimes she would, you know, be mad and getting, be getting mad and getting even. And sometimes she would be a little more forgiving and that kind of road. thing, take the high road. And I feel like it's interesting to see that we've circled back around and she's like, no, nah, I'm here. And I think it's a little bit of that bitterness kind of coming back to her that she felt when she was being unjustly persecuted in high school. And now that she's an older woman, she also, she still feels like she's being unjustly persecuted by the world because the world sucks. Um, but it's a little, it's in a very different way to how it was back then. And, but I think it's interesting that they've repeated that exact phrase to, as if to signal to us, like, we're here and this is a character that you recognize and we are going to be looking at what is inherently inside of her that makes her act this way. What makes Veronica Veronica? What makes Veronica Veronica? Even though it's been 12 years. Even though it's been 12 years. Like what is it that actually makes her tick and makes this story interesting? I mean, the thing that I can't stop thinking about is just that uh, one of the reasons why maybe I didn't pick that up is I, I haven't seen series the series as much as you have. I have seen it more than I've once. I've seen it a I've lot. I've seen it, I think, three times. <laughs> I couldn't count the number of times I've watched Maybe it. Maybe four. Mars. Particularly that episode. It's one of my favourites. I've revisited. It is a good episode. It is a good episode. Uh, but because uh, that line is actually followed up with a joke to her father, um, we got mad, we got even, did some scissoring. <laughs> yes, terms. exactly. So I didn't, I didn't connect well, with the fact that it was... Uh, it was. But that's it. This is Veronica. She's still that sassy little exactly. kid. Exactly. And, and it's good that they kind of threw it away so that if you weren't a mega fan like me <laughs> you maybe enjoy it and if you didn't like feel veronica inside your very soul in the way that i do um i think you wouldn't you would notice it you wouldn't pick it up it just sounds like something she's saying is part of the joke but tonally you still get that um reaction so i didn't connect the dots but i was still like yeah that's veronica exactly exactly so yeah. i think it was a really clever way of doing that yeah but so the second half of that line i just wanted to point out that it was quite effective yeah um so that we had the same exact emotional reaction I'm pretty sure we both 
giggled a little bit or just like looked at each other. It was just like, yeah. And some scissors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was really, really great. So yeah. I really enjoyed that. Um, and, and then that kind of brings me around to the idea that her coming back into this environment of Neptune being this kind of, you know, simpering little cesspool of toxic people, toxic people and, and this environment that I think is what has brought this out in her, which is why we saw it come back to her in the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, m- removing herself from that situation kind of freed her from that part of herself, but coming back kind of made her realize that she has a responsibility to, to her world, I guess. Yeah. I guess uh, like, why does she have to be the town's hero? Like no one, I guess, has to be anyone's hero. No one hero, has to be anything. But, but she chooses to. But she, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's a responsibility that she feels in the same way that if you had a child, like you don't have to look after the child, <laughs> but you do it because it's part of, because you're a parent and it's part of who you are. Mm. And it's, it's, it's ingrained in you that, that this, what is it like? What's the line from the movie? Like she's rolled around in the muck so long oh, that when yeah. she washed herself clean, she didn't recognize herself. Yeah, and and it's it's not necessarily a happy story, but it is a story of you know somebody who's been through this basically trauma as a young person and how that becomes integrated into your very being. Mm. You don't, it's not necessarily an escape or something that's entirely negative, but the growth and the development that, uh, going past that trauma gives you, um, is, is very much a part of who you are. Yeah. And so you, even though you would like to run away completely, forget about that entire side of your life, you can't, escape trauma it needs to be faced I yeah guess. i don't know if it's i don't i mean having not seen already, the rest of it i don't know if it's this is going to be a facing your trauma type thing or if it's just a i need to accept that this is part of me i mean ultimately she did face her trauma in the original series well she faced various traumas but she never i don't think that's exactly right she's faced them and in ways overcome them but she's but by overcoming them they still become integrated as part of your person your personhood mm, mm. you know you're never actually like getting over trauma doesn't mean that you forget about it yeah or that it's not still part of you it's still always a part of you but i do find it very interesting the fact that you know in the movie when she was uh, away from neptune for mm. so long uh what she was like and, and and what kind of person she was becoming well we didn't see very much no it was very brief it was very brief but you could tell that she kind of like her shoulders almost kind of just dropped a little bit. I feel like when she was in Neptune, I'm not yes, sure. If, yeah, I agree. You, you know, so it's it's kind of like I am this person. I'm going to be like almost like trying to convince yourself so you could be someone else, someone better. I guess. Um, but and it is disheartening that this is where she feels at home. But this is this is yeah, her home. It's literally like it's where she feels comfortable. All of the the armor that she'd built up to maintain this persona of being like a healthy, functional person. <laughs> it's like she stepped off that airplane into like the sun of Neptune, like the really harsh kind of gross Neptune sun that yeah, you get. Yeah. Like, like, like it's, yeah, it's too much. It's too bright. And that's why Neptune's kind of wrong. Yeah. It's like, it's all bright, but then it's also gross. Um, but that like stepping onto that. Yeah. You're right. It's almost like we saw her shoulders relax and go, this is where I actually am meant to be. And so I'm curious if she spent more time away from Neptune what she would have been like, like not returning back there solidly because with Logan, his character development 
is it feels like him being away from Neptune is that potentially part of the reason why you think that he's like Neptune isn't an evil force that's well, no I, is, but I think, do you think it has something to do with that why he's like grown so much as a person and moved forward into evolving his own character well he's also doing therapy so that probably helps. I mean that probably did help <laughs> I think it's a little bit different with with Logan because I don't feel like he was ever as ingrained in the like the, the politics mm. Of Neptune. I think they even say he also didn't grow up there. He only moved there when they were like 12. I remember yeah. that coming up in the original series. Um, so whereas and Veronica has lived there her entire life, her father was the sheriff. Yeah. She was, you know, heavily involved in the police. She was involved in the community through her PI work. What are the rich people called again? The O-Niners. She was never really an O-Niner. She was never an O-Niner. Whereas Logan, his uh, his trauma and, and heartache is related to his family. Exactly. Not really related to the town of Neptune. I feel like the O-Niners sort of lived above Neptune. They weren't, like, yeah, they were rolling in around bubble. in the muck. Yeah, they were in the bubble. They, they weren't uh, P- PCHs, you know. They weren't yeah, dealing with uh, Weevil exactly. or anyone else like that. So I feel like it's it's quite different for him because, yeah, he's not ingrained in all of that stuff Mm. and and since you know pretty much all of his family is like dead and gone now he was able to release all of that and there's there was no option for him to come back to his family Mm. his family's all gone so he had to move on in a very different way whereas veronica knows that neptune's always there always there waiting and devolving and rotting from the inside out basically um but i guess what's interesting is that it doesn't seem to have done that to Keith. I guess, like, in different ways where we could talk about, like, how it's affected a person or for being there for a certain amount of time, I still find it so amazing as Keith's character Mm. who really just believes in doing good for the little person so much Mm. that despite everything this town has put him through that he's had to deal with, that he doesn't get the credit for, that he still is the same person deep down. Yeah, I think that was always an interesting dynamic in the original series is seeing Keith as this, like, genuinely good person. I mean, and that was tested a couple times, like when he had the affair with that woman in season three. Oh, by the way, we're fully spoiling everything for Veronica Mars. We did warn you at the beginning. We did, didn't we? Okay, it's fine. I just suddenly realised that we were talking very openly about everything. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it was tested a couple times, but it it was always played that he was going to be the person who rose above um, all of this stuff and never allowed it to really impact him. Whereas Veronica was not as virtuous as that. And I think that was always kind of an interesting tension between them. Well, she was, she was much younger when these things were affecting her. Exactly. So it would made a much bigger impact on her. But maybe one of the reasons why she doesn't see being in back in Neptune is so bad is because her hero, her dad, mm. it hasn't destroyed him. Perhaps. Yeah. Um, Perhaps she thinks that she can continue to live above it all the way that he has, even though she's already in it. (laughs) Sorry to tell you, but no. Yeah. I also had this, um, this concept as I was watching it, um, by watching Neptune as this inherently unjust world, um, you know, this world where the rich always win, where, you know, the the poor are, are downtrodden, the poor are downtrodden, that kind of thing. And, and how in, in the original series, we saw that concept kind of scaled down within the high school. Mm-hmm. So we would see, you know, what was happening in the town dynamics played out with the O-Niners and... Literally at different table groups. Literally different table groups or, you know, the rivalry with the local high school where they would, like, burn down the burner 
pattern on the high school field. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, so it was kind of like we were taking small town politics and scaling them down to um, a high school setting. And I feel like what we're doing in this season is actually taking kind of real world politics and scaling them down to small town politics. So we're kind of, we're still scaling it down to the environment that we're in, but that environment is different because we're no longer set solely in the high school. So I kind of feel like it's this gentrification type thing playing as like a metaphor for the increasing um, gap between the rich and the poor within America, basically, which is getting worse and worse by the day. Mm, um, mm. The rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer. You've got, you know, super billionaires like Jeff Bezos who are making in a minute what their, you know, their lowest ranked employee makes in a year. Um, and I think it's interesting that we're playing that out basically in this environment within this town. But we do have uh, some of that, the evidence of uh, the actual spring breakers. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And and that's kind of a, um, you know, all of these people who are just coming in and partying and trashing the town and the people who live there are the ones who are kind of, yes, they're making all of the money off of this, but they're also kind of suffering for it. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's just an anti-capitalist hellscape story if you want to get real deep with it. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, you have evidence of the extremely rich, the kind of rich um, people mm. and, 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 and like, you know, the richness related to politics mm. or things like that with um, the congressman's brother. Um, and so I, I do think it is uh, interesting. And the idea that like that the, the town keeps wanting to hide all of the like so-called bad stuff, which is not bad stuff. It's just the poor stuff. Yeah. Basically they're just, they're trying to come in and overtake the beautification. The beautification, oh the gentrification. Like it's all very um, kind of icky and gross, but I think it's very um, reminiscent of what's happening in in America at large. Mm. So, yeah, that's my feeling about Neptune and the the setting. Yeah. I think the setting's really interesting. Neptune has always been an interesting setting, but I think the fact that we are more ingrained in, like, I think the fact that we're more involved in the town politics in this version of the show is an interesting way to look at those issues in a in a way that means more than when we were just looking at how that affects high school students. Um, we're now looking at how that affects everyone in the whole town. Even a pizza guy. Even the pizza guy. Yes, how how the spring breakers like treat him or how someone more on his level treats him mm-hmm. with the daughter and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, cute little dynamic. And, and how, you know, how the, you know, the owner of the motel has to like, you know, he won't give the refund to the rich guy because he's like, no, I'm going to bleed every last cent out of you that I can because you are wealthy enough to deal with this. And I am not. So like, and how like firm and fair he is on that. Like it's, it's really interesting to watch. I really enjoy that. Mm. Um, I have one more talking point to discuss. Um. Unless you have anything else? Uh, no, no, I'll let you uh, continue on because I might uh, talk a little bit more about um, a, a comparison with other um, revivals yeah, of other yeah, TV shows. Totally. Um, so there's one there's one part in the pilot, not the pilot, the first episode, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's right at the end where after the bombing, Veronica sees um, the character of, what's the girl's name? I don't know. I think it's like Maddie or something it is, like that. I think. Um Maddie. It is Maddie. Yeah. So when Maddie when so when Veronica is standing outside the sea sprite looking in at the bombing, she sees 
this young girl. We later know that her name's Maddie, but at this point, well, we've learned early that her name is Maddie, yeah. but at this point, Veronica doesn't know who she is, but she's immediately drawn to this image of there's a girl. There's a girl. And I started to care about the girl. And that reminded me of this, um, this moment out of the thousand dollar tan line, which was the first of the novelization, mm-hmm. uh, the, the kind of young adulty no- novels that Rob Thomas wrote following the films. And these novels, this particular novel is set in a very similar setting to this series. It's set during spring break in Neptune. They're no longer actually canon because Rob Thomas was like, oh, I really like that setting and I'm going to recycle it for the series. <laughs> so although there are elements of it that are um, that have been moved into canon, like the idea of, like, the dog pony. Oh, okay, that's bought, how you knew about the is dog. Is bought for her by Logan yeah. in the book. Yeah. But this book technically didn't happen. I'm curious to see what other elements get brought across because there's a whole side plot that is interest anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, but basically the, the story is about um, two girls who are on spring break who get kidnapped mm-hmm. out of Neptune right. and um, are being held for ransom or so we believe. And this is kind of toward the end of the book um, when Veronica has found, has tracked um, one of the girls' movements to a motel and she goes into the motel and she sees blood spatter everywhere and then she starts to put some pieces together. Um, this passage starts here. Her, her throat felt raw. She straightened up again, eyes darting over the room. Something frantic scuttled in her chest, a panicked and sharp nailed feeling. She tried to ignore it, but the only thing that mattered right now was the evidence, the physical facts. There was nowhere to hide anything large in the motel room. And besides two weeks out, the smell of a body would have gotten someone's attention. She left the door to the room ajar as she walked back outside. The world seemed suddenly more desolate than it had 20 minutes before brown and dry beneath the setting sun. Down at the end of the row of rooms, she saw the cool light of a vending machine. Next to it was the ice maker. She walked toward it as if she were in a dream. Or memory? How many dead girls drifted in her wake? How many ghosts did she have to carry? She could almost see Amelia walking ahead of her. Amelia DeLongpre? Do you remember her? Mm. Name's familiar, but no. She was a girl. She was Abel Kuntz's daughter who um, was murdered. She was murdered. Veronica found her body. She knew her. Right. Um, She could almost see Amelia walking ahead of her, translucent and shimmering, lifting up the flap to the ice machine and climbing inside. That was where she'd found a long praised body all those years before, covered in ice in another crappy motel courtyard, murdered by her boyfriend for the money she'd received in settlement from Kane Software. Lightning couldn't strike twice. It couldn't. She stood in front of the ice machine for a moment and then lifted the metal flap. Crushed ice glistened inside. She grabbed the scoop and started shifting it around, rummaging toward the back. Then her shoulders collapsed as she exhaled. Nothing there, nothing but ice. So I think it's this one sentence. It's um, how many dead girls drifted in her wake? How many ghosts did she have to carry? Which I remember reading this line and like nearly tearing up because Mm. it's something that I think um, was really strong in the original series, the idea that she felt Lily's ghost was kind of carried along with her. She felt Meg's ghost. She felt Amelia DeLongpre's ghost who basically died because Veronica helped her get the money Mm. from Kane Software and then the boyfriend killed her for it. Mm. Um, And I think, and then when I watched this episode and at the end she sees the girl and I think she sees herself in that girl. She sees Lily in that girl. She sees all of these girls that have been let down by this world 
by this town and and that she she carries these girls inside of her already and she sees that one there and she doesn't want to carry her as well. So I don't know, something about that really like so you think she, like it, she doesn't want to carry her so she'll make sure she doesn't die? Yeah, <laughs> okay. I, like she wants to protect her. She wants to help her because she's already carrying all of these dead girls basically. Um, she doesn't want there to be another she one. She doesn't want there to be another one. She can't, um, she can't face that again. Mm. That was what I felt from that and maybe that's me reading a lot into it. I actually haven't seen the rest of the series. Mm. Um, but And I think it's just because I've read this that, this mention of kind of this concept of the the girl, the girl being herself, the girl being all the girls that were wronged, the girls being like Parker and all the girls on the college campus yeah. and she couldn't help, yeah. you know. Um, I think it's kind of this idea of, of what this world does to people in general, but in particular to young women, to girls, to um, those who are less, who can't defend themselves or don't know that they can defend themselves. Um I don't know. I think that's a really a really strong kind of subtext of the whole series, mm. and it, and it plays again into this whole we get mad, we get even because that's all we can do. Because... I didn't realize the cyclic pattern there of the episode actually. Yeah. Um, because like, sure enough, she's taking a job because it's a high paying money, and she enjoys getting back on cheating people, um, or uh, <laughs> and also setting up the reason why she'll say no to Logan as well without all the extra context of the previous seasons, mm. but. Um, you know, she's helping out a female who's been let down by the world. She's basically the patron saint of wronged women. <laughs> and and I think that, that that might be more firmly the responsibility that she feels, um, mm. perhaps even more than, like, protecting the town, being the town saviour. It's more like I just got to do what I can for the people who can't help themselves, you know, particularly these, like, these young women who are being you know, pushed around by the world or trodden down or, you know, um, or hurt. Mm. Um, and I think that she feels that responsibility so strongly because she's been carrying these dead girls inside of her or these wrong women inside of her for so long. Uh, something that I do enjoy though, uh, is that, um, you haven't seen the meat yet, but you saw that Veronica is very interested in the character, Nicole. Do you recognize her? You asked me who she was, and oh, I told you. Oh, you was there, damn it. I thought I had this conversation with Paul. No, it was me. <laughs> Shane is so good at this shit. Um, <laughs> you were like, who is she, who is she? And I looked her up. Because <laughs> I don't like looking things up. I like to figure it out. You didn't want to know how many episodes she was going to be. Oh, yeah, I didn't. That and was the like, main thing. Care. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that I'm, I'm excited to see the dynamic between Nicole and Veronica. I think they share a lot of DNA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the thing is that... Um, uh, uh, she's, uh, is the good place related to, um, I'm, I'm curious to see if this, is it just maybe because they've worked together? I think it's because they've worked together. I'm sure that like all the Hollywood people know each other. In some capacity. So yeah. it's, yeah. A, it, you know, whether Kristen Bell go to the job or whether, um, you know, whether Rob knows Mike Shaw, don't know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, I, I do, I do think that's, uh, an interesting dynamic because, uh, Veronica's always struggled with friendship. Mm. Uh, and I, I will tell you this, unfortunately there is no Mac. No, I think I kind of knew that. Um, but, um, uh, there's a throwaway line in terms of 
why she she's not there at the moment. But she's not dead or anything. She's I assume so. She's in these novels. In in these oh. novels, she's basically joined Mars Investigation. Oh, basically as their guy in the chair or girl in the Pretty chair. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. That would be super handy for them. It would be, but also they can't really afford to keep her on. <laughs> they're, they're, I love that. They're sort of like, we really want you to keep being our person. But we can't pay you what you would have been making at Kane Software, which is in yeah. the movie where she was working. Um, and she's kind of like, yeah, it's okay. I'll do it because I love the work. But then eventually I think she has to be like, yeah. I need money. I need money. Um, but no, but that that's uh, an element of – granted, that's always been a little part of the show in terms of uh, they've never been too comfortable with uh, money. Uh, but, you know – Veronica's like, okay, so we could take a much higher paying job for this person because she's getting so much in alimony. This is ridiculous. But also he's like, dad, we can't keep the lights on with these rat jobs. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's definitely an element that potentially an element that's carried over from the books in terms of the fact that they're like, mm, we still are struggling a little bit, but ultimately that's probably been always. I mean, they've always, they've always been struggling. They're not, they're not super struggling. They've, they've kind of always been not great. <laughs> Not in a great way. I mean, she's 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 in a beachfront house. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Logan's. Oh. Um. He probably would get paid a lot more than her. Uh, yeah. As an officer in the armed forces. Uh, yeah. I, I'm excited to see that friendship kind of um grow and develop and and see how they relate to each other because. Yeah, it's always been a hard thing for Veronica because she doesn't trust easily. But that's what I liked about how Logan is with her now. He's like. Nah, this feels like quiescent. Have we checked the other pocket? Like, you know, he planned exactly. for her to snoop. He knows that that's what she loves to do. Yes. And and, and they're on a very similar level, as we yes. talked about before. And that was something that really tore them apart in season three, was that she couldn't trust him. She kept putting trackers on his car and that kind of thing. Cause she she's like, am I the girlfriend who does this? Yeah, yeah. but but she is because she doesn't. It's not that she's, you know, jealous. It's that she doesn't trust people inherently. So, yeah. of course, she's going to do that. But, yeah, I I feel like. So far, at least, he seems to have accepted that that's a part of her that's never going away. Yeah. So. But it's not, it's, I was going to say, it's not that she doesn't trust, but she, she doesn't. But there comes a point where you get close to trust with Veronica, just, I think. It's not so much that she doesn't trust. It's that she needs all of the information. And she likes finding it. Exactly. She enjoys the digging. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so, because, like, originally the one person that she could always trust is her father. But mm. then just in the beginning of season one, she's like, why are you still working on the Lily Kane case? Yeah. What are you hiding, Dad? Yeah. Or, what do you not know about my mother? You know? Um. So she... She never really fully trusts anyone. No, absolutely um, not. But there is a certain level that Keith and Logan have gotten to, which yeah. is like... And Wallace. I'm pretty much trust you. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I just don't want to marry you. <laughs> I'm still going to look through your locker and your bag. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm really excited to see where the rest of this goes, um, to see if, if any of my thoughts become invalid mm. or, <laughs> um, I mean, you can tell me that without kind of, um, spoiling it, but has anything I said become completely, um, I think you're, you're very much on the right track. There's only okay. been one or half a thing that you said that has not been kind of on the right track. Okay, cool. But you haven't been speculating too much. No, I don't really care to speculate. It's more <laughs> it's more about what I feel from this episode um, and how that resonates with the initial series or, or kind of compares to the original series is different. Um, I think that that's kind of the strength of, of a return or a revival, as we've said, is the ability to you know, recontextualize the characters that we know and love and see 
yeah, how they've evolved, how they haven't evolved and, and, and what it means to put this person in a new setting or the same setting. But in a, in your world, yes. in, in today's, in the current day. Exactly. And so uh, on that, um, there's another show which came back uh, last year, I think, mm-hmm. um, uh, Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. So Will and Grace ran for eight seasons, big show from the 90s to the early 2000s. And uh, after they did a um, attempting to vote for Hillary um, uh, sketch campaign mm-hmm. uh, on a late night talk show, uh, which was just like a 10 minute bit of like, you know, whatever. It was so popular that NBC gave them another two seasons. Nice. Uh, and so with the show, they did a flash forward in the very last episode of season eight. And, uh, what they did in the first episode of the revival of the new season, um, is, uh, one of the characters often has pills and drugs and she's like, wait, where are we? I was having the strangest dream. You had a kid and you, it's like, can you imagine us with children? Oh, but aren't you still married to so? No, we got divorced. But, uh, but you're not still living together, are you? All right, let's let's just play the game. Let's just play the game. What a fucking cop out. <laughs> and I know, I know, but they couldn't they couldn't do the show again unless they but tread it back a little not? bit. Because no, they literally put old makeup on them and showed them like forty years later. Yeah, but or twenty years later. Like, why can't we jump in the middle of that? I suppose, I suppose, but I guess um, they some some shows obviously don't like having a baby around too much and, and it is a bit difficult and can restrict characters like we saw in Chilling Adventures the Spring Age the Teenage Witch. You know, that I was very disappointed that, and so were you. Yeah. Uh, I got it, but I was also like oh. But there wouldn't have been babies still. Oh no, if you if you jumped in at a certain other point. If we time, if we if we jumped we're, we're into now, team, like they'd be fifteen years later, they'd be fifteen. Uh, you but, know, it would have been a great time to to revisit them because then they would have had little wills and graces. Or, I don't know. I okay, just feel aside like, from that, I just feel like you can't like completely throw out um, the way that your show ended. Mm. Um, well, they did, and it's it fine. was integral to that story, and it should still be integral to that story. Mm. They're getting to do much more interesting things than if they were restricting themselves to that last 10 minutes sure. of, the, of the episode. I, okay. I will admit to that. Um, but what I find interesting is the, so exactly what we're talking about in terms of, uh, you know, these same characters, how they've changed and putting them in the same setting, but in a newer day and age. And they are extremely politically driven uh, as a result of look at what the reason why they got the series revival in the first place was. Mm-hmm. It was to try and, and gather support for Hillary Clinton during yeah. the um, the election. And what is really interesting is that not only do you see, you know, uh, Jack and, and other characters like try and be a little bit older, like normally Will was the straight-laced one trying to get a boyfriend. In, in the series of of uh, return, Jack is the one who's actually getting engaged and having long-term relationships. And mm-hmm. and you actually see this shift in terms of uh, Grace is really aware of what her problems are and she'll just flat out say to a man, okay, so if, if you don't like this, this is who I am, this is what it is. I'm not going to settle for anyone, but that's it. I'm not yeah. going to waste my time looking for something that I don't enjoy. I'm comfortable with myself being at home with my friend watching late night TV. But I um, find it very interesting that the power that the internet has, uh, I mean, I guess this is nothing new, um, but the power that the internet has in giving uh, networks 
uh, faith in in the fact that these shows can actually still make money and still have a demand for them. Mm. Um, because I completely forgot that Veronica Mars had the web series spin-off centered around Dick, but it was it was a meta version of the show. Did you ever watch it? I don't think I did. I don't uh, really care for Dick, to be honest. Oh, I know he's a fan fave, but like... <laughs> I don't really like him either. But I do find it interesting that, like, while this show, um, you know, had its peaks and troughs and things like that in terms of popularity, um, its 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 fan um, craving was always kind of hanging around. Um, but they, you know, we play it again, Dick, which is a short web series spinoff, which is meta in terms of he's the actor playing the role of Dick, but also Kristen Bell and almost everyone comes back anyway and has little cameos and things like that. Um, I'd be, I'd be curious to know, like that can't be canon obviously because it's like, obviously not, it's meta. cause yeah, they, they're actors and then, but they also portray the characters. But, but um, I do find it interesting. The fact that, you know, you've had a, you know, a Kickstarter film, a web series spinoff, uh, teen adult novels or, um, but, what do you think it was that actually got? I mean, I know that season five of I Zombie finished, and so Rob Thomas uh, he was, had, was he had time. It was actually had time to work on something else. Uh, but I'm curious to see what it was that would have actually um, convinced Hulu to uh, give them the money. I think. I think. I mean, you've got the idea, as you've said, that Veronica Mars is kind of quite a viable brand. Mm. Um, it's it's clear that it's got a really dedicated fan base um, of people who are going to watch and read everything Veronica Mars no matter what. Yeah. So you've got that. And then I think, I think it might've had a lot to do with the way that the show was pitched as something that's far more adult and serious. I think if the show had tried to maintain its boppy teen light Mm. um, elements and they had gone to Hulu and said like, we're going to completely remake Veronica Mars. Isn't that great? I think Hulu would have walked away. Mm. I think that the idea that, that they've taken, this well-loved character and being able to to make an interesting, uh, you know, um, mature story out of it means that you have the option of also bringing in, you know, people who are interested in, you know, noir shows or um, kind of more serious crime mystery shows. I think it, it appeals to people who watch shows like The Sinner um, or Ozark or that kind of mm-hmm, thing, that mm-hmm, kind of... Mm-hmm. Um, quite serious crime show, I think that it still appeals to that segment of the audience. I don't know how somebody like that would go watching this without the full context of the whole series. Yeah, yeah. I'd be really interested to know what anyone who hasn't seen the previous three seasons, um, I mean, like, I know someone who didn't watch the movie and then watched season four, and I was like, oh, you're missing you're missing some key information there. Well, it's, I, you it's could kind, do it. It, it, it. it is explained. It is explained. And, I mean, like, it, you know, you could almost in, not in watch fact, it. It kind of almost tracks easier without them. Not easier, but it tracks just fine because we started with her being in Neptune and we've come back to her being in Neptune. You just skip out that whole New York bit, basically. Yeah, I suppose. Um, and, and, you know, all those other little bits are quite minimal, you know, Keith was in a car accident. Sure, we got that. I mean, the final shot of season three, the series finale. Was does, leaving. Yeah. Yeah, but. It's, it doesn't mean that she was leaving forever. We, she we could have just been leaving to go to the shops. We didn't know. <laughs> yeah, that didn't necessarily mean anything on its own. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I think 
I think, yeah, I'd love to see if anybody can get into it without watching the original Veronica Mars. I think it mostly speaks to fans. But and luckily, is... there are enough fans out there that that's fine. There were enough people to raise <laughs> $6 million or whatever for the movie. Um, so I think Hulu were kind of like, yeah, sure, that's fine. We'll get enough people watching it to mm. justify it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to see if it if it speaks to other people as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, you've got other elements, other, I think, where this probably isn't as strong and was a down point. You won't be able to comment much on this, but uh, Sex in the City is mm. a series where, um, you know, it had a big fan following and, and then they made a movie and, you know, that was kind of well-received and they made another movie. Mm. Um, but then what some of the problems were, I think, with uh, them making uh, the second movie, definitely, um, is that they kept trying to like retrace their steps and put these characters back in bad situations mm. so they could seem more like the characters that they were on the show a long time ago. Mm. And uh, when you have character development that is just kind of completely lost, it does get extremely frustrating. Yeah, you can't rehash old conflicts. But it is, it, I mean, like with all of the um, announcements that's happened lately at San Diego Comic-Con, um, it's uh, interesting to see actually what the Loki series will actually be like uh, because it, it has been confirmed that, you know, spoiler for Endgame, uh, is that he is the Loki who, you know, teleported out of there after the events of the first Avengers movie. Oh, is that what it was? Yes. I have not listened to any of the announcements from Comic-Con. Oh, yes. So, um, uh, well, uh, that's, that's, that's one of them in terms of uh, that clarification. So we've lost almost all of his character development. That's so frustrating. Uh, so I, I'm not sure, but it is going to be a limited series. Uh, so it's not going to go on for too long, but he's going to be just popping around through history, I think is, is, is the plan. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be a weird, wacky, like Doctor Who kind of style. I don't know. Or what's it called? Days of Future Past? No, Tomorrow. What? I haven't seen this show in so long. Legends of Tomorrow. Oh right. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't even know what you were talking about. Uh, uh actually, uh, out of all of those announcements, uh, the one that I'm probably most excited for is the fact that uh, the Doctor Strange sequel is uh, going to involve Scarlet Witch and be a bit more creepy and scary and magicy. Great. Uh, I'm I'm interested about that. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I think another, uh, just one last kind of revival that I'd like to bring up um, mm. is one that did kind of the opposite of what Veronica Mars did, which is Veronica Mars took the same characters but changed the tone. Mm -hmm. um, Fuller House. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Kind of kept the same tone but replaced some of the characters, or well, some, not all of them, but kind of um, made it so that the focus was on one of the kids who's now a parent who somehow managed to find themselves in the same situation of their spouse died and left them with three children. So they did the exact same scenario. Exact same scenario. My gosh. Yeah. So lame. Um, and also <laughs> kept exactly the same tone so that it's just like every other, like all of those late 80s, early 90s. Multicams. Multicam family with sitcoms audience. with, a, yeah, like really, really lame. And don't get me wrong. There's a, there's a part of me that can watch it and, is fine with it. Uh, I have seen like the first two seasons of Fuller House. And then I think I got to the third Christmas special and I was like, I just don't think I can do this anymore. And maybe it's cause I, I'm not a child and maybe yeah. it's designed for children, but I think that that's kind of, that's another way that you can take a revival is, is by keeping the tone, but changing up the characters. I don't think that that works as strongly when you have to consider the changes in the world, which is that the multi-cam family sitcom 
genre is very close to dead. Very close to dead. So I did check out one the other day, but uh, it was a struggle to get through sometimes. Yeah. But I was like, ah, oh, there's got to be something in here. And 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 by the end, there definitely was. But I didn't really get it until like the last episode. Yeah. So yeah, re, re- returns and revivals are a tricky, tricky beast. Mm. So far, I'm really enjoying this one. Um. But interest, it'll be interesting next week when we talk about reboots to talk about perhaps um, what the strengths of a reboot is and how that compares to what, we, what we've just talked about in a revival. There's actually another one um, which is something that I only was recently made aware of uh, because I didn't realise it was it was a revival of the show. Um, not too long ago, I binged uh, Tales of a City, oh, yeah. which is, uh, you know, a setting in San Francisco. I didn't realize it was actually based off a series of novels. And then in the 90s, it actually had a mini series. It had three mini series. Mm-hmm. So it didn't necessarily have three seasons, but it had three, like, hour and a half long, like, episodes, um, three times over or so. And uh, it was, it's this, it's this random little, uh, like, very queer, very like raunchy, but very, uh, but then a bit of mystery drama thrown in there. And it, it's very much of the time, I think, uh, that was a, a problem with the show. Um, but there's the, and some of the characters are recast between the miniseries. So I think it was done in like 93 and then like 98 and then 2001. Yeah, right. They, they did, it was called Tales of a City more tales of a city and then further tales of a city, um, which are all based on around some central plot lines of of the original books. And then they revived it uh, with some of the original, with most of the original characters, actually some of them were recast, um, but then completely brought them into very different points of their lives, Mm. um, uh, returning to the same setting. So this whole series revolves around this kind of share house, 28 Barbary Lane and the central character there and, it's 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 amazing me how much queer representation there actually is in this show, mm. and, and like the the seedy underbelly of you know the gay lifestyle. When normally on television you don't see you know the back rooms of gay bars or glory holes and all this kind of thing. Oh. Like I I no, I don't they don't. <laughs> often show penis there's only like a flash of every once in a while or a flash of tits um but it was it was just really interesting to see uh, the genre of the show and the tone of the show shift hmm. completely mm-hmm. when they redid the show uh with a newer market um yeah. and for a different type of audience and ellen page was also actually in the um a revival in the in the um new series and and the central character has changed completely from like where she started and to where she kind of developed and then they, they've just jumped over like 30 years and it's or 20 years or so. And I, I think they did a really fantastic job of actually like making it about some other things. And mm. they still had that random just mystery plot line in it, but they know that was the cheesiest point of all the previous ones. So it was very minor. Uh, and then the main character who's always like been involved in like covering up bodies and like accidental deaths of, of blackmailers and things like this um, is like, um, or like, you know, abducted twin babies. Mm. Um, is like she's like she's trying to figure out why this is happening there's got to be a thing behind this and like you're just trying to like find a problem where there isn't one you're just yeah. trying to play you know little little miss nancy drew again i mean we, we've got other things to do we've got to go to our jobs why are you still here aren't you going to move back home um so i really enjoyed that it, it was very strange watching it um in reverse but I will say that that show definitely did it uh, over a well enough context that it felt complete. I thought that I was just walking into it fresh off the bat. Oh, nice. Um, so I was quite surprised that that uh, exactly what we were talking about today is exactly what that show did well because that show wasn't that great. It's 
quite good, actually. I might actually get you to watch some of the older episodes because I, I was quite impressed, although it's, it, it's, it's an hour and a half. I mean, like, they're long. Um, but it, I was really impressed the fact that, um, like, the show of the time was doing a lot for queer representation and storylines and uh, trans as well, um, which is uh, just something that has been extremely lacking in exposure um, on television. Mm, lovely. Mm. Great. Well, now that I think we're finished talking about returns, revivals, mm. what's been in your eye this week, Kat? Well, um, it is called Family Reunion. Okay. It is uh, the uh, Netflix multicam show that I mentioned briefly earlier. Mm. It's uh, set around uh, an African-American family uh, moving back to um, visiting their, their mama his mama, his, his, his parents in, in Georgia with his kids, and uh, they decide, oh, this is really nice. It's really nice, slow pace. What do you think about moving back here one day? And like, oh, yeah, let's move back here. So the idea is you've got your city city slick kids who have been raised by very modern parents all of a sudden being thrown into um, a much more traditional household uh, where the father is a reverend and they go to church on Sundays and things like that. Um, it's, it's obviously, you know, very centred around comedy and, and family drama, uh, but what was interesting about the show is is when it actually brought up into it um, the racial profiling and uh, mm. situations with cops mm. uh, and how police can treat people of a different colour. Um, and that's definitely not the case for all policemen or anything else like that. But the fear about it and, like, the mother's, like, has this point where the kids are just trying to find the spare key under a rock and a policeman is actually, you know... a assumes that these kids ha are trying to break in. It was like, where did you get all this money? It's like they made this money for mowing their neighbor's lawns. Mm. And then the parents have to be like, I wish I never had to have, I really didn't want to have this discussion to you, but maybe I should have done it sooner, but mm. this is what the world is like. And this is how people will treat us. Um, but you need, you did exactly what you were meant to do. You did exactly what the policeman told you to do. Um, in that situation, but he was wrong. It's like, yes, but, and so it was really nice to see, um, like, like we got a bit more in, in one day at a time, uh, seeing multicam sitcoms, while they are set in a very particular type of tone, obviously targeting a particular demographic, uh, they do still have uh, strong elements uh, in the show. Yeah. Um, although there was a bit too much stereotypes in there. Sure. Um, but nice father-son dynamics of, like, you know, uh, one of the younger kids, no idea what his sexuality is, doesn't matter, but he's not a, a, a man's man, a, a sporty kid, and he, you know, often bakes cookies and plays trumpet and dances and that's one of the reasons why he's good at running and football and but then he's like you know i'm sorry i i made you feel i'm sorry that i made you feel less than a man because you're musical because you didn't do the things that i do because he was a pro baseball player but it was those those kind of moments i think are really nice to see and it's like oh my gosh it's nice we're getting some of this toxic masculinity out of there but also just just you know Put in some decent quality themes in your shows. You mm. don't have to make it incredibly dark. It can still be a lighthearted, fun show, but you can you can and educate your audience. Yeah. Show them about how a different side of the world lives. Mm. Yeah. Great. Well, um, on the topic of kind of returning shows or reviving shows, um, I've actually used this one as a what am I watching before, but uh, I've watched a lot of it lately so i kind of feel like i need to say it again okay um i recently just finished all of degrassi oh right okay um, so wait you mean all of in terms of 
the multiples or almost okay so um at this stage so i just finished re-watching all of degrassi the next generation which in the last couple of seasons got called just degrassi um not they dropped the next yeah. generation bit yeah. um so that's 14 seasons that i just watched oh um and at least two of those seasons were 44 episodes long what yeah at one point, they changed up the format so that it basically played year-round, um, <laughs> um, only uh, taking, like, school holidays off. A quick recap uh, for what Degrassi is, in case anyone doesn't know. Okay, so... Uh, I, uh, I've never really seen it. Okay. I just know what it is. So, a little... I'm not going to go too much into the history of it because I'm going to use it at one point yeah, yeah, as yeah, a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but basically... Um, in the 80s, there was a show called The Kids of Degrassi Street, which was about little kids living in a neighbourhood. And then that then that became a show called Degrassi Junior High. And then it became a show called Degrassi High. Um, that finished in 1990 with a movie. And then they revived it in 2000, which was called Degrassi The Next Generation, which involved like mm-hmm. the daughter of one of the like teen pregnancies in the 80s then was in, uh, was in junior high. I remember that. Yes. I remember that being on TV. I um, never watched it. But... And so then they did Degrassi The Next Generation for... 14 seasons Um, and then that has ended and the next version is it it kind of pretty much continued on but they kind of cut it off there because that was like the last generation of kids that were around with like the original um yeah sort of so like the first kids in in Degrassi the next generation and then the kind of the next generation of kids when they graduated they decided to cut it off there. That's the end of Degrassi. And the next one is called Degrassi Next Class. So right. I haven't started Next Class yet. Um, Have you not seen it? I've not seen Next Class. Oh. So that's one that's on Netflix. Oh. So okay. <laughs> um, I was like, you know what? I need to finish Next Gen. I really pushed through to get through Next Gen. Um, and particularly those really long seasons. That and now is it's long. I know, but like, I mean, they've said only twenty minutes. And and were they every day after school? They were like weekdays. I, they... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about okay, these ones right. because um, no, it would have been like weekly. Um, weekly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, the, I need to take a, a bit of a breather. I need to catch <laughs> up on some other shows because I've literally watched this and only this for the past like two weeks. Well, um, I've felt fallen really hard into a hole. <laughs> I love it and hate it. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's really intense. And they, is they... there any queer representation in the show? Yes. Okay, cool. Lots cool, cool, of, cool, cool. lots of queer yeah, representation, yeah. lots of gay characters. There has been a trans character. I believe another trans character is coming hmm. in next class. Um, so yeah, lots of queer representation, not as much as I'd like. And it could be the cast is relatively diverse, but could be a little more diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to watching next class, but I just need to take a bit of a breather. Yeah, yeah, you've um, definitely overdosed a little I've bit. I've overdosed, but I also like couldn't stop watching. Like it's really <laughs> addictive, I, and because they're only twenty minutes, it's so easy to just go. Like, oh, next, I'll just do one more. I'll yeah, just do true. One more. With with tales of a city, I'm like. One more means another hour and a half. Exactly. Oh, can I do this? Exactly. Yeah. No, with this, it's, I just, yeah, I kept going really late into the evening. Um, it's been very intense. So, um, Degrassi, look, I do recommend it, but oh, I How do don't you recommend rec- it? I kind of don't recommend it. <laughs> well, I don't necessarily recommend mine. It's just what I've been watching and I was excited to see that multicam shows maybe aren't fully dead. Yeah. Look, we'll talk about it more when I actually give it to you after yeah. the episode. Um, yeah. Okay. And then we'll talk about whether or not I recommend it. Uh, but that is definitely 1,000% what I've been watching. We'll see what my eye ranking is. Yes, yes. Anyway, that kind of brings us to the end of this week's episode. Please join us. We have a bonus rank. We Oh, look, we always change up our rankings. I can't really be bothered. 
Yeah, we, 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 we like it. We, we like, like it. Mars. I mean, that's kind of the. <laughs> It's going to be pretty clear for this one in particular. Of course, we liked it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, and and please, oh my gosh, if you watched, if you sorry, not if you listened throughout this and you haven't seen Veronica Mars, oh yeah, I'm so sorry. Oh, now just go back and watch it. Yeah, just go back and watch it. Yeah, please do. It's actually, it's really, really good. You won't regret it. But yeah, no, actually, I, I would say that. You could skip the movie if you wanted to. You could. But, uh, because but on certain streaming platforms, uh, it has honest, got all of the seasons been released, but it's worth it. By the time you finish this, the third season, you'll want to watch the movie. Yeah, like, yeah, you'll be a fan. There's you'll no, be a fan. If, if, you, if you move past the first few episodes and you, you will fall in love with it, you will know that you should watch the movie and then continue on into the season four, which we were talking about today. Exactly. Um, so please join us next week when we discuss a rebooted series mm-hmm. and talk a little bit about how that might differ to a revival or a return. And uh, in the meantime, please rate, review, subscribe, do all of those things. Come chat to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. At um, Major Look Pod. At Major Look Pod. Feel free to join in, in our iChart competition each week mm-hmm. to get Try a shout and out. Guess what the next show Try is. Guess what it might be. Um, I also had this thought that perhaps um, you might want to communicate with us but might have terrible social media anxiety. Um, please feel free to email us if you would like to talk to us about things. Um, our email address is jacarandamedia at outlook.com. Uh, jacaranda as in the trees. That's J-A-K, no. J-A-C-A-R-A-N-D-A-M-E-D. IA at outlook.com. Um, come along and talk to us there. I, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on things, but I also understand that if you don't want to like post on Instagram, I get that because I never do that. Oh my gosh. So while I do enjoy liking and commenting, which you please feel free to do, I am terrified of posting on social media. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I would I, never do it. I mean, like you, you barely have. I definitely haven't since Christmas, which is not that long for maybe people like you or me, but I'm like, gosh, some people post every damn day. I know. I made myself do it yesterday to promote the show that is coming to my hometown. And I was like, so nervous about it. But I was like, I also really want the show to sell. So (laughs) I have managed to overcome. But anyway, please come and talk to us in whatever manner you prefer. And we'd love for recommendations for any TV shows from any of our listeners. Totally. Absolutely. We're going to run out of shows. Other than that, if you don't want to do any of those things but still want to listen in next week, that's also fabulous. In that case, we will see you then. No, we won't. We'll talk to you then. Yeah, yeah. But thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Goodbye. I'm thinking about getting you some sort of giant hamster ball so you can roll everywhere in this protective sphere. You did just draw attention to me. Nobody likes a blonde in a hamster ball. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.